when you're able to connect to that pulsation of love and choose your actions from that place, you have surrendered. Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. This podcast is part of an online community at solaceandshine.ca. It is a platform for those yearning to remember their true purpose. We are coming to you from Ishtadev Niwas Ashram in the Purcell Mountains of beautiful British Columbia, Canada, within the unceded territory of the Tanaha Nation. The Solace and Shine podcast dives into teachings from the soul's ancestral roots. The teachings are here so that we may embrace the human experience and live it with beauty, courage, and creativity. These teachings will make you want to lean in and shine wholeheartedly together in community. Allow me to introduce to you our host and guide, Sanyasi Shivani. Shivani has worked as a medium and a spiritual teacher for the last 20 plus years. Through her dedicated practice as a renunciate, and a teacher of yoga, she guides community through all aspects of living and embodying spirit through foundations of love, service, yoga ecology, and elevated esoteric teachings. Are you ready to embody your light? Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. My dear friends, Chai Chanya here, and as you may know, I am a longtime student of Ishtadev Niwas Ashram and Solace and Shine. You may have heard that the Earth herself is experiencing an ascension or an evolution from the third dimensional reality to the fifth dimensional reality. And because we are a part of her, we are going with her, whether we know it or not. Here, Sanyasi Shivani is offering explanation of the concepts this evolution is bringing. She explains how the yogic concepts, practices, and those that have mastered yoga will help us in this major transitional shift that is happening. Concepts such as surrender, co-creation, ahimsa, and sankalpa are discussed. She explains when we orientate our life to a sankalpa beyond our own needs, desires, and expectations, and instead focus on our duty that is aligned with this sankalpa, then we are co-creating with the God force that wants to benefit all. And life keeps getting more beautiful as we learn to again merge with life within nature. Enjoy this very educational lecture from the 2022 season of Solace and Shine's Roots and Wings program. Good morning everybody, this is Sanyasi Shivani and today's lecture is about surrender, co-creation and the bridge of mind. Uh, so as we're exploring this new reality, of what it means to embody a fifth dimensional, fifth density. Okay, um, within the fifth dimension, you have fourth density, which some people call fourth dimension, um, right through fifth density into sixth density. And it is up to the top level of sixth density that an individual uh, jivatma, the, the, the real form of individuality um, where there is uh, various forms of um, 
con uh, not contraception, conception, uh, that take place to be able to create more forms, like we have six in the third dimension. Um, this is up to the sixth density, but sixth density is part of the fifth dimensional reality. Okay, so when you start talking about m moving out of third density, okay, um, third dimension through fourth density, which we're already in, um, and into higher fourth density and into the fifth dimension, right? Fourth dimension is this, um, it's like the astral plane where there are entities and uh, um, beings that in a third dimensional reality we cannot see, uh, but they are there and they are able to interact with us. Um, ghosts, fairies, dragons, you know, there's many different things. Uh, so that's fourth dimension. Fifth dimension isn't uh, fourth, fourth dimensional beings can't influence the fifth dimension. And the fifth dimension is the pervading reality of our universe. Okay, so our universe is a fifth dimensional reality that holds different levels of density. Okay, so when from a yogic perspective, we are making this jump from the third dimension into um, fifth dimensional reality. What we're doing is we're moving from the topping out of Manipura Chakra into the foundation of Anahat. Now, what that means is that we are shifting our orientation from the power over control anger, individualism, capitalism, patriarchy of top-down, lower mind, where we are actually anchored into our survival at all costs, right, which is muladhara, which is third dimension, right, where you feel like something dies, okay, because nothing actually dies, just shifts, morphs energy into other forms um into the foundation of the heart which is anahat which is connection community unconditional love co-creation now the reality of these two chakras is night and day it really is very it's a complete 180 in its orientation of me being the center of the universe to me being an aspect and a facet of the whole part of the whole is the whole uh and has duty within within that co-creation within that uh, matrix but within the koshas it's still manamaya kosha it's lower mind and higher mind so it's from the foundation of manas of just pure mind matter into buddhi which is intuition, interconnectivity, and understanding uh, a bigger web of reality. So while it's this shift in reality is going to have a very physical um, manifestation for us, I want you to understand that the main shift 
is in your mind because it's from this lower to higher mind from Manipura to Anahat okay it's in your mind which means it's anchored around what you believe now what you believe as an ascendant Piscean uh, does not mean it is reality and the difference is discerning okay Sri Swamiji used to say uh, the difference between schizophrenia and enlightenment is that I know I'm crazy okay whereas people that experience schizophrenia don't know that they're crazy they don't they don't believe that they're crazy they believe that this is the truth that everybody should be able to see these beings blah 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 whereas the enlightened they perceive the beings interactions and that and know that it's crazy that it doesn't fit into the collective reality because that's what crazy is right what fits or doesn't not fit into the collective reality you know people used to think that the world was flat and if you thought that the world was round you were crazy people used to believe that you could never get to the moon and then somebody went to the moon and that was crazy you know so crazy the definition is does it fit into the current collective narrative of what is normal and if that does not fit in if your reality does not fit into that narrative the collective narrative then you are crazy and so the enlightened those that have made that dimensional shift know that they're crazy they know that what they believe doesn't fit with the current narrative and they are able to hone their actions and their speech and the way they handle themselves to be sensitive to that they they're able to um know where the line of reality for the people that they're speaking to is and navigate speaking truth into that pool um, that does not mean that what they believe fits within that pool do you understand what i'm saying so this is this is the difference right now especially right now i really feel like we are um very quietly needing to acknowledge a reality that does not fit into the collective narrative at this moment so what we're being asked to do, I believe, is to dream, imagine, believe, experience, trust our experiences, believe in ourselves, believe in ourselves, believe in our experiences that we can't quantify at this time, not to tout a reality because then you're going to be crazy but to quietly embody that reality so that because you're putting your focus to it because you are believing in it because you are believing in yourself it will manifest itself as a shift in collective consciousness and so again it's your point of attention it's what you believe 
and it's what you are viscerally experiencing now but with your visceral experiencing you do have to have that that uh period of time where it is tested where it is discerned where it is sat with where it is um teased apart a little bit to because your first experience of something isn't always accurate because often when you're experiencing a new reality, a new dimension, new beings, new blah, 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 blah. When you first experience it, there's often a lot of layers of old conditioning that you project onto it. Um, and that's normal and that's part of the process and that's okay. And often, um, different layers of reality are going to take that into consideration and actually kind of spoon feed you in a way that uh, is digestible for you so that you can believe in yourself so you can believe in your own experience um, but don't hold on to anything completely dogmatically don't hold on to anything like you know how it is just allow this to be not a holding on to the new but enough inquisitiveness that we are able to let go of the old. Okay, so we need the courage to let go of what we did believe without needing to hold on to anything too tightly of what we now believe. Because we're not, we haven't fully bloomed yet. So don't hold on to halfway through the process like that's what it is. That means you're actually then from fear which means you've dropped down into third dimensional matrix again right so we've got to hold this inquisitiveness and we do that through surrender my favorite word right so in action when we stop being the door when we start witnessing our actions as an impulse of the moment that has been filtered through the discern of total care, of taking care, when we have, when we have taken the impulse of the moment and we have filtered it through, is this love or is this old patterns trying to push itself to the surface so that we can see the love underneath it? When we can slow down, enough to watch these impulses bubble to the surface then we are able to uh, really start to see the the heartbeat of love imagine if all of these impulses that you were experiencing in the moment were actually the impulse of love, the very heartbeat of creation moving through you. But as it's moving through you, it's gotta push the fear, it's gotta push the anger, it's gotta push the guilt and the attachment and the lies and the gossip and the no self-worth and it's gotta push all that stuff to, stuff to the surface. Now, if you can slow down enough, and you can feel the pulsation coming to the surface. And then you can look at it and go, oh, look, it's pushing low self-worth to the surface. Now I have a choice. Do I 
respond from that place of low self-worth? Do I respond from that place of anger? Do I respond from that place of fear? Does my action come from that place? Or can I sit, acknowledge, feel, see, and discern? Oh, look, there's fear, which means there's love underneath it. Let's see if I can sit with the fear long enough to feel the love. The feel, the pulse of creation coming through me. It's pushing together my old glasses. It's pushing together my old uh, perceptions to the surface. But I know, I believe that there is love in the pulsation. And then, oh, look, there's anger. Okay, where's the love? Okay, look, oh, look, there's fear. Now, where's the love? Oh, look, there's this. Now, where's the love? Oh, there's the love. There's the love. And I'm going to cry because now I can see that behind all of those moments of fear and grief and, and anger in my life, it was actually just the pulsation of love, of the deliciousness of who I actually am consciously, collectively, in totality in this moment is the only thing that's trying to come to the surface and in that acknowledgement often there are tears and then after the tears after the acknowledgement after you can feel it then what is the action from the place of love that's when you start to know that you've slowed the mind you've found the silence which you found the portal you're taking care with the power of this moment then you can really start to feel the pulsation of the creation of love coming through, seeing the surface grime of what is pushing to the surface, putting that to the side, letting that come through, seeing it, acknowledging it, but not interacting and not acting from it, and then feeling the love come underneath it. And then responding to this moment from that place of love. This is the foundation of the fifth dimension. It's that process of responding to the moment from the place of creation's expression of love that will help us, that that is the shift. That is the shift of when you are in that orientation to the moment 24 hours a day. And when you're finding that pulsation and you're finding that expression, excuse me, I have to plug in the computer. When you're in that expression constantly, then you realize what you're surrendering to, right? When you're in the third dimension and you're and you're trying to understand surrender and it's you're still from the third dimension you're from in that power over concept and you're trying to understand surrender then you just just feel disempowered and this is why the teachings of guru are so important for those who are able to remember because guru is an embodiment of that pulsation guru is the physical manifestation of that impulse of love that's what Guru is. And in the third dimension matrix, we're able to tap into that through that person. That's, that's what it is.
but that works that works for the third dimension do we now need to to, to feel this pulsation of creation from within inside and this is also guru and then every action every interaction every decision because it's gone through this process of where what is this is this from this pulsation of love does this whole gratitude am i feeling content am i feeling joyful am i feeling in trust like am i am i not okay so then there's another layer of stuff that this love is pushing to the surface in me when you're able to connect to that pulsation of love and choose your actions from that place you have surrendered to something that is beyond the fear that is beyond your need for survival because your control is just your need for survival it's just your impulse for survival which is an illusion because you can't die so it just means you're just held in that matrix of suffering right but when you can put that aside and you're able to feel this pulsation of creation itself and then feel the compassion and the love and the in the deep well of beauty that that is it's not coming from it or going from it it just is it then when you orientate to that, to live from that, to choose actions from that, to embody that, to, to be from that, to live this moment from that, to act in, on this moment from that, you have surrendered. Because you're no longer orientating to the immediate impulse of survival. You're no longer orientating to the immediate impulse of, of my wealth or my well-being or my family or my health or my this or my this. You're taking enough time to clear off that scum sludge off the top to get to connect to this deep pulsation of creative creation and love underneath and then orientating to that. That is the process of, of surrender. And then from there, you have from that sovereign place of being able to surrender, because that is empowerment, to be in this moment and discern the difference between your own karmic samskaras and that which is your, uh, your um, embodied duty as self and discerning the difference and choosing where you act from, then you are able to be in a place of offering your heartbeats as an echo of that pulsation of love to creation itself. And the creation is always a manifestation of a sankalpa, not of an agenda, a sankalpa sankalpa of an intention that benefits all health peace and prosperity for all serve love give embodying highest potential this is never for you a sankalpa is never for you a sankalpa is for all and then when you're 
life force wants to orientate to a sankalpa that is beyond you, your agenda, your wants, your dreams, your needs, your this, your that. When your impulse for life and the orientation of what you want to act upon comes into a flow of a sankalpa that is for the collective, then you are able to consciously, sorry, there's so many C words, consciously offer your heartbeat to the manifestation and the uh, fulfillment of that sankalpa, and then you are part of a co-creation. If your co-creation is an idea that only you can do, then it's not a co-creation. A co-creation is bigger than you. And then within the co-creation, you get given, not you choose, not you delegate, but you get given a duty to support that sankalpa. And that is your duty. And that is co-creation. And, you know, ashram is, is the embodiment of teaching that. You know, a lot of people see in ashram that there is a third dimensional hierarchy, but that's because they are functioning from a third dimensional perspective. When you understand the understanding of co-creation, like, like in ashram, I mean, the yagyas are case in point of the co-creation of health, peace, prosperity for all through the yagyas. Where everybody comes and says, I surrender. My heartbeat is for this sankalpa. What do you need? What is needed? I will do what is needed. I will offer my heartbeats to what is needed for this sankalpa to be manifested and fulfilled. Then you become part of the co-creation. But it's not because of you that it has been created. I hope I'm making myself clear. If I'm not, I'm sure you'll send me questions. But this surrender, this reorientation is a pivotal piece of moving from lower mind to higher mind that must be embodied before you can co-create. Otherwise, your ego is doing a head trip of what you think you're co-creating with a whole bunch of other people. And then it's just a bunch of egos running around. And it and it just and it just doesn't it's not gonna work. It doesn't work. And it's and it's okay because that experience is going to give those souls the experience that they need for to push the love to push to the surface all the bits that are that are not quite ready that need to be looked at that need to be digested and, and neutralized and loved into balance and then choosing to act from that place of love there's purification to happen and guess what what is the purification what is the practice of the purification of that entire process Karma yoga. And this is the science of it, which is why I just think karma yoga is like the most magical thing that we can do while in human body. Because this is what we're doing when we practice karma yoga. This is what we're doing when we go to ashram. Is we are learning how to bridge the worlds. It's 
just so beautiful. And it's, it's all here in this moment. So when we're able to sit from the foundation of the heart, then you really start to understand ahimsa. Ahimsa is non-violence. Ahimsa is not non-action. Because even in no action, that is still an action. But ahimsa means non-violence. Because when you are embodied from a place of sabek, we are one. Atma bhav, the attitude of oneness. Then the ego, the individual, cannot hurt another ego, another individual. Because you're not functioning from the place where you are separate. You are only interacting with the self. So violence is not an option. But as Krishna said on the, on the uh, grounds of the, the war in the Bhagavad Gita, is you, in your duty, you need to do what needs to be done to bring balance to restore balance. All actions must restore balance. And that, an action to restore balance when acting from a place, not as the ego, but as an aspect of the whole, is not violent. Okay, so I want you to contemplate this, this month. Okay, in addition to your uh, Mona practice, continue with that. We need this to be now a fundamental way of interacting with our reality. But I want you to explore surrender. I want you to explore ahimsa. Especially in times when the third dimensional world is perceivably very violent, very brutal. What is the line? What is right action? And how do we integrate these teachings of yoga into an understanding of the transformation? Why is Shiva considered to destroy? Isn't destroy an act of violence? Or are we destroying the ignorance that believes it is above? Are we destroying the ignorance that believes it is separate? What is being destroyed? If you cannot die, then what is being destroyed? How is the impulse of love pushing to the surface that which needs to be destroyed? So, I hope you have a beautiful month. I'm really looking forward to your questions. Put your questions underneath the, the conversation underneath this uh, lecture, uh, if it pertains to this lecture. Um, and we'll talk again next month. No more than I am. Thank you for joining us in our Solace and Shine podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share it. 
We would love to hear what inspired you. And if you have any questions or topics that you would like for us to explore, please leave a note in the comments. Also, if you would like a daily dose of connection and raising of your frequency, join us on We Are, our online community. You can find the link in the podcast description. Follow the link and you will receive two weeks for free. See you soon. And don't forget, soften and expand.